RadioInfluence.com. everyone and welcome to the monday edition of the dark to light podcast with frankie val on the drums and beans tis monday it is so friday's show i complained like you know i was on twitter and got kicked off again right and then i was left back on again so i spent the entire weekend catching twitter up with all the things they missed while i was banned so I did a bunch of different threads. I did a thread on Missouri v. Biden, which incorporated everything so far. I did a thread on what happened inside the GOP, which a lot of the people on this show haven't even heard the story of yet. Um, Frank, imagine you're you're involved in your your local politics in New York, right? And yeah. you have a Republican, Lee Zeldin's your governor. Just in a perfect imagine. world, imagine. And you get, you have a ton of, a ton of problems trying to be a good you know, grow the party, do the right things on the ground, all the things that that we're supposed to be doing as as precinct committee men and, and state executive committee people and all that. And you find out after a hellish two years of nonsense that the governor, Lee Zeldin, not Lee Zeldin, just this is a hypothetical, <laughs> but the, your governor, your Republican governor, your Republican lieutenant governor, and also your U.S. House representative, are getting together in 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 meetings with people trying to figure out how to stop you and get rid of you. How would you feel? Uh, personally attacked, but not surprised because Republicans are slime balls as well. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Wasn't surprised at all, but it's kind of telling that you're in a red state. Quote. Red. Quotes. <laughs> like, and you have your entire, you know, upper level Republican establishment. That's why I love when people say, oh, I'm a centrist. Oh, yeah. What are you in the center of the Republican and the Democrat Party? <laughs> Do you understand? You understand what a horrible game of monkey in the middle that is? <laughs> Don't be in the center of that. I did an entire thread on that. That went pr- over pretty well. There's more to that story too, much more. But it's it's all it's in thread for the most part. I linked the video and all kinds of other stuff because a whistleblower came forward who was involved with planning the meetings, who decided like she was like, you know what, this this sucks. My hair is really bothering me today, so don't mind me playing with it. But she said, this sucks. I'm not doing this anymore. And she came forward with a whole bunch of of information, text messages. Like it wasn't just oh by the way these people said this. It was all the proof. By the way. They hate you. I said that more than once. I said, at least with the Democrats, you know what you're fighting against, right? Yes. They'll tell you right to your face what they want to do to you. They have no problem with it. Republicans, it's like you're on a basketball team. You're going up for a three and they trip you as you're running down court. They trip you. And then they go in the corner with their friends and they laugh as you guys lose the game. (laughs) Did you see what we did to our stupid teammate? (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, she was about to dunk, and we stopped her. It's so stupid. nobody's nobody's dunked on this team in thirty-seven years. It wasn't going to be her. Unbelievable! So. Unbelievable! So that happened, and then I did a whole COVID thread, Frank. It's been a while since you can do one of those threads on and not get. Uh, slammed all over the place uh yeah i mean i released the uncover covid i I showcased like three or four articles out of that 
Um, and then I found the new, the new mask uh, goalpost move, Frank. You want to know what it is? What? So it was always, you know, they're always finding a reason to justify masks, saying they work and all kinds of stuff. The, the next one, and I saw this dozens of times, dozens of times. We'll get to the Twitter files in a minute. Um, where is it? Here it is. On my mask article about the efficacy of masks that I posted, someone said, given your cited quote from Dr. Kelly Victory that there's no scientific justification for normal, healthy people to be wearing masks, if they were down with it, would you be okay with normal, healthy surgeons and OR teams performing open heart surgery on you unmasked? This difference between hovering over an open uh, torso and not wanting to sneeze or dribble or anything into it. I mean, to actually have a, a somewhat of a physical barrier between any kind of your mucous membranes and an open torso. I mean, we're, we're talking about actual physical things here. But, you know, if, if the surgeon was sick, if the surgeon was sick, <laughs> he's still breathing all of his crap into your open chest. Well, There's the, I mean, it's asinine. It's absolutely asinine because I shared a study where the NR, the the NIH is basically saying, given budget constraints, is it really even worth it for us to have our surgeons and masks at all? And they go through basically how ineffective masks are at, at stopping viruses or anything else. But what the real reason for the mask is, is for what you've discussed. So these people are moving the mask goalpost to places that is, and all the week, the whole weekend, I was like, everybody, there's tons of vaccine injury stories going on all over the place because there was a new study that came out that was the FDA participated in where they determined there are four um, higher correlations, I guess you could say. They're not saying it that way, but they identified four signals for adverse events in the older population, pulmonary embolism, um, immune thrombocytopenia, um, there were two other ones, which hold on, I'll get to in a second. I, did, I didn't have them ready right here, but there were four of them. So people are all coming out trying to downgrade other people's lived experience with vaccine injury. So I just started asking, does it make you feel better to diminish somebody else's pain yes. and experience? Like, why? 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 Who gets benefit out of that? Uh, it, it's it's all selfish. Guilt? It's just all selfish. People want to be okay with the choices that they made, especially since it's not like they they bought a used car from somebody that they were they, they were previously warned about being a huckster, and they they go and they, they take the car onto the onto the highway and they realize that it's you know the brake lines were dry rotted and oh man okay well I I got I got got you know. It's not like that. It's when you've already taken in this substance and committed to this line of thinking to such a degree where you've offered your personal and your children up to it, everything needs to be something that 
that that justifies why you did it. So, it has to. Yeah, because you can't live you you can't live with that. There are a number of people who got this and are like, "Oh my gosh." But I right. doubt that they were involved in 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 um blacklisting and losing family members to like, you know, they're not talking to them anymore because they wouldn't vaccinate and wishing other people death um all over the place if they wouldn't vaccinate and all kinds of other things that we it's all mental. But it's so prevalent and it's so gross. Just to give everybody an idea, um, I made an error. I conflated two different things. But the the it says Pfizer's, Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine linked to blood clotting, FDA. That's true. The FDA is saying it's not going to take any action on the results because they don't prove the vaccines cause any of the four outcomes. And because the findings are still under investigation and require more robust study. So there's your out. They still require more robust study. They took the data from Medicaid or Medicare. I'm sorry, and they they looked. Is it Medicaid or Medicare? Hold on. See, see things like that is just to to say something like that and and to have already have the product out on the open market in its like fifth fifth version to be on on COVID AOL 4.0. 5.0 <laughs> at this point and say we still need robust study oh yeah well you should be robustly studying this in a lab somewhere not bothering anybody because they're still under eua remember yeah well they that's why they have their their green light um there's no and what what we're learning again everybody i saw people jumping on saying see there's no myocarditis increase here Elderly were never the ones who were experiencing myocarditis. It's the young people who need their heart to work for the rest of their lives that were experiencing myocarditis. That was their adverse event. People are such... Mm. What what would make young people more... Um, more likely to develop that than the elderly? I don't what, know. What... I don't know. I don't know. We need to have Dr. McCullough back on. He hasn't been on in a while. Yeah, that'd be helpful. Yeah, I will shoot him a message. Um, but I went through the study. I will link the study for you. There are still signals here that that their criteria for a quote signal, I'm using this a lot today, for a signal is, is very high. I don't know what they're basing it on. They could be basing it on the standard scientific signal identifier, like whatever percentage it is. But I'm still seeing a whole bunch of crap going on to people. That you, I mean, yes, they're elderly, but there's things in here that, like, look, Bell's palsy, for example. I mean, how how many how many people do you know? Like, until the, the I knew I knew of two people in my life that had had Bell's palsy before the vaccines were introduced. It wasn't completely abnormal. No, but, no, you saw it from time to time, but not uh, three thousand people walk well i mean i guess with the sample size it's not that high that it's a high signal for the pfizer vaccine it is it's 1.12 and in the jansen it's 1.13 i think that 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 at 1.3 is where they started there it's a signal so it's just below the threshold for oh we should look at this which they'll never do they're not doing it i mean i'm surprised they let us get that i'm surprised they published it stunned but you can read the whole thing um Let's move on to the Twitter files from Friday. This is number six. This is number six. Did you see the supplemental last night? No. Okay. Matt Taibbi put out 
a supplemental to Fridays with more, which is pretty crazy given that Fridays were, were bad enough. Um, I was in the Twitter files on Friday. I saw that. It was great. And, and then that was about that was about Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania election protocols. Yeah, it was my article and video interveners for Democrats in Pennsylvania lawsuit prove Trump cl campaign claims a fraud. What basically happened was the Democrat Party was calling Democrat voters in Pennsylvania to cure their votes before Election Day. And the Pennsylvania Supreme Court had reaffirmed that ballots that have been filled out incompletely or correctly have to be set aside and declared void. Election boards are not permitted to afford these voters and notice an opportunity to cure before the election. And they, the, the Democrats filed an intervening lawsuit in the, in the Trump Pennsylvania lawsuit where they had declarations from Democrat voters that they were contacted to cure their ballots before the election. Now the election board didn't contact them, but the Democrat party did, which makes you wonder, how does the Democrat party have these ballots? <laughs> Because they are willing to do literally anything. Literally anything. So so I did this whole analysis. I made this whole video about it. This article went pretty viral. I it never got included in any of the lawsuit or anything like that, but I, I was like hammering it. So in it this makes my decade. I just want to read it and then we'll get to the overall ones. My Twitter file is from Stanford. University of Stanford. They say, I'm just gonna frame this. This is a very long and legal heavy video. <laughs> I just love it. But essentially it claims that PA election workers opened the inner envelopes on ballots before election day and called people to correct their ballots prior to election day. According to CIS escalated via election integrity project, the video misrepresents Pennsylvania law, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court decision, and the affidavit shown in the video, details in the thread. Uh, thoughts on how to handle this one? And then they answer and they say, the law doesn't prohibit curing, it prohibits curing prior to 7 a.m. on election day. The author misrepresents this by stating that the officials can't contact work voters, whereas they can't do so until pre-canvassing pre starts. Now, they're misrepresenting my video because I never said it was the official officials. I never said it was election officials. I said it was Democrats. You, you know, it, it just the DNC. Here, here's the uh, and and this was the basis for really the basis for getting you off in January. I don't know. They didn't do anything to this tweet. Uh, they didn't put a label on it. They didn't do anything to it, as far as I know. It's just incredible. The micro man. No wonder. Again, no wonder. Twitter had almost 8,000 more people than they needed there. And there's still probably plenty more that need to go still. Agreed. It, no, no matter, because even though they already had that 7,500 extra people there that were obviously just micromanaging everything, making sure that everybody that they can control on the internet was talking precisely the way that they want, that there's no room for anybody to be wrong or to misinterpret or to even be malignant about that. Who cares? He but but then on top of that, to be so closely in contact 
with the FBI and other federal agencies that the the government was then supplement or complementary workforce. Yes. Uh, it, it was a complementary workforce. Yes, and it wasn't only here. And the worst part about it is, well, not the worst part, the best part, kind of. There is a, an ongoing court case right now that is in the middle of discovery for a temporary injunction that is using this very information to prove its case. It couldn't, the timing couldn't have been better. It's not like somebody has to now file, get through. There is an ongoing case right now that we can use all of this in Missouri v. Biden something. <laughs> of course, I've been talking about it a lot and I'll continue to. Matt Taibbi says it perfectly here. We're going to put the Twitter files thread in the show notes below and we're going to focus on the addendum in a second. The takeaway, what most people think of as the deep state. Now, remember, Frank, saying the words deep state up until what, six months ago was JFK level conspiracy. Yep. How many times did Alex Jones say the word deep state before 2022? Yeah. Right? I mean, fine. What most people think of the deep state is really a tangled collaboration of state agencies, private contractors, and sometimes state-funded NGOs. The lines become so blurred as to be meaningless. Wait, wait, wait. What most people say, but that's the whole point. Yes. I mean, that's that's the whole point. You say deep state because it's two syllables. It's easy to throw it out there, and you know what they're, and you know it means a a, a tangled alliance of unelected officials who are going out there and abusing a largely illegal regulatory state yep. to okay. hamper the civil rights of what are supposed to be a free people. So the reason why, remember Matt Taibbi is learning too, Frank, okay? He's learning too. Deep state in the general population was more known as the bureaucracy, the intelligence community operating as its own independent unelected and unaccountable entity. Shadow government. Shadow government, exactly. Not everybody equated the Atlantic Council with the deep state. Or, you know, um, whatever NGO they're using to get their point across here. And when we, when we did our work and we covered extensively on the show the Ukraine impeachment, we talked about Atlantic Council. We talked about all these NGOs. We talked about how all the witnesses were tied into NGOs. We talked about, you know, George Soros having all of his NGOs in this one big umbrella and everybody underneath it. I mean, we've everybody that's been watching this show for a long time knows this stuff. But Matt Taibbi probably thought it was a big conspiracy theory until he started getting into this. Honestly. Well, Matt Taibbi's got all, yeah, well, you said he's still learning. I mean, he's new to this. He's new. Yeah. And, and it is. Ta and I think the tangled nature of the whole thing at this point, all these years after World War One is is a lot. Of, is, it's a lot harder to try to pin down because there's so many groups. There's so many subsidiaries. They share a lot of the same kind of brain trust. A lot of share. They share a lot of the same kind of money. It flows through all of them. Yep. But there's so many things like if you go back to the end of World War One. I, I mean, before then, we see what's going on with uh, banking houses in this country. And you know, I mean, most of the Bolsheviks that went off to to take down uh, Tsarist Russia, they were trained right here in New York City. You know, so that's when we still had we still had it was just banks that were getting in on this stuff, Federal Reserve. But the big thing was 
the CFR, the, the, the Council on Foreign Relations, was that first big embodiment of the deep state because we we were not able to be dragged into the League of Nations at first. So you can you can concentrate most of your ire on one place, but now there's so many. It's, there's just it's so many. Because when there's no accountability and everybody just nods and people were too busy working and living their lives thinking they were in a free country, then this stuff can grow. I mean, who's stopping it? Nobody. Nobody's stopping this. No one. Right. So of course it's gonna flourish. Um, FBI. FBI is basically just another arm of Twitter up until recently. As a matter of fact, it's so bad as per Matt Taibbi that Yoel Roth is actually saying, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit alarmed and perplexed by these kind of requests we're getting here and why they want us to respond in writing. And everybody was like, look, see, Roth wasn't excited about this either. And I'm like, no, he didn't want to write his answers down. There's a big difference <laughs> between being excited. The FBI was basically asking, this is, this is important. It's confusing, but it's important. Chan, Elvis, Elvis Chan from the Missouri v. Biden lawsuit, the one who went to Mark Zuckerberg and told him that Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation and please don't let it flourish on your platform, <laughs> is, is the main guy. He was deposed just recently in the Missouri v. Biden lawsuit. I have to read through it again and see if he is perjured himself by what has come out in the Twitter files. Like, did he answer any of the questions asked to him inside of the deposition differently because he didn't know that this would be coming? That's my question. That's what I want to know. Good question. So um, Chan is going back and forth with Roth, basically wanting to know how it came to a conclusion about a certain uh, about a certain topic. Um, they said that they weren't seeing malign foreign influence in the way that the FBI was suggesting that it existed. Twitter's saying, we're not really seeing that the way you're saying that it's happening, right? Mm -hmm. And Chan sends him, they demand to know how Twitter came to that decision and include a bibliography of public sources, including a Wall Street Journal article attesting to the prevalence of foreign threats as if to show Twitter they got it wrong. To which I say, again, they're using the intelligence community as their, the intelligence community is using the media as their rinse, repeat washing machine of misinformation. Because you've got all your reporters, like like the Taylor Lorenzes of the world, sitting there in their office, just like I'm with their giant ears. Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna surf the internet, and then hopefully, oh my gosh, look at this! Blah blah, blah. bring bring bring. Hello, oh it's it's the FBI. Okay, what would you like us to print? Hold on, let me make sure I get this correct. Makes it probably makes them feel like they they're, they're in the middle of a uh, house of cards or something like that. Right. They get their story dictated to them by the intelligence community, whoever their asset, their handler is in the intelligence community. They stop their surfing on, on Pinterest for whatever, and they type up their little media column in the New York Post, I'm, I'm sorry, in the New York Times or the Washington Post or who, whoever, and then the FBI or whatever agency takes the story they just handed as more proof of what they wanted out there in the media. That's yeah. it, easy. Just take one of that these entitled millennial losers and give them something that they think is exclusive and special is that not the story of all of the the initial russian infiltration 
you know, lines. I mean, that's how they legitimized a lot of the information that they were using to justify the spying. Amen. They, they yeah, they wrote they wrote their own articles in Yahoo and then cited their own articles. That's exactly right. And they <laughs> so use all they, them. All they do, that's all they do is wash information through these fake media outlets. Precisely. And they, they, and they put it in all their reports and they put it in all of their indictments and they put it in everything. They start it, they give it to the media, the media takes it, amplifies it, then they use it as though the media came up with it so it must be right. See, they're saying it too. Just like the moving trucks outside of Trump's house in Mar-a-Lago with, you know what I mean? It's all, yeah. it's all, the, that's the grift. I'm going to use that word, grift. That's the grift. So Roth says, I'm not comfortable with the Bureau demanding written answers. And everybody's like, see, he was trying to be good. No, he didn't want to write his shit down. Why the hell does that one comment that one comment, you have to be such a loser to say, oh, oh, okay. So maybe Roth was, there's some, there he was, he was conflicted. No, <laughs> no, no these, pe these people just like pointing and destroying. They, they don't, they don't want to have to write, uh, they don't have to write any kind of report on this stuff or beholden to anyone. They liked being their own government. It's great to have backup. It's great to know that and nobody's going to screw with us, but. This guy, I mean, how many times does he have to speak in public before you know he is a malignant character? The, not only that, but honestly, again, just to, oh, so many things. To put Matt's, Matt Taibbi's like worldview and perspective, he says, this exchange is odd because some of the bibliography materials cited by them are sourced to intelligence officials who in turn cited the public sources. Welcome to the world. Like, I love that you're here. Um, please have a coffee. Stay a while. <laughs> it just blows my mind that some of these more, like, what was that? Some of these more, like, high-profile jour journalists, which I would say that Matt Taibbi's done a fantastic job of being somewhat fair, um, have it, don't know this already. Let's, let's see where they go. Let's see where he is in six months. Because if this is where he tops out then that's a problem but it's okay for people to learn he's getting slammed he's getting slammed i mean ted Lou came out and slammed him and said he's lying did you see that yeah no i, I saw ted Lou getting um getting a lot of backlash and I, I love it i love when ted Lou uh gets gets uh backlash. i hate him we had steve yeah. we had steve friend on the show right we had steve friend on the show he was taken from uh, sex trafficking pedophilia cases and moved to January 6th. Ted Lou says, Dear Matt Taibbi, I'm on the House Judiciary Committee, not for long, that has oversight over the FBI and you are lying. I mean, that's a bold claim to make to somebody who has the receipts in front of them that they've shown you. Weird. Well, I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about the same group of people who knows that we have the receipts from that you that Ukraine call with Zelensky years ago <laughs> and still went on television and 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 played their Bugsy Malone nonsense this uh this extortion uh skit that they wrote it was like a skit it was um, a so skit they it, acted it out with like cue cards and crap they acted it out you had Adam Schiff there with his puffer face nonsense they don't care they There's don't care my my question is Again, 
This is a great learning experience for the uninitiated. A lot of this Twitter file stuff, um, not surprising for anybody else who's been watching for a long time. Uh, it's it's great to see who is growing under stimulation of new information and who is just shutting it all out and is obviously never going to get on board and change paths. But what is the what's the fallout? The actual tangible fallout going to be? What's the change? Well, what's going to happen? There would have to be legal action taken. And again, that's why I go back to the court case, the legal action. Um, and we're in the middle of it. Adam Schiff, Adam Schiff was all over the place over the weekend, all over the place, threatening Elon Musk on 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 meet the state of the union, saying he has evidence that Donald Trump committed crimes. Where have we heard that before? I mean, they're coming to vote today on this whether or not they're referring criminal charges over to the whatever i mean come on this guy's a this guy is just terrible but before we move on from the whole fbi thing or intelligence community thing i wanted to go over a thread this person has done work to find how many former intelligence community officials work inside of these social media companies now so like so-and-so is a handler, I guess, allegedly, we would say. And then they, they're like, we have to leave our cushy FBI or CIA job to work for this social media company instead, in quotes. Because, of course, they've broken off all ties with their former agency. There's no way they'd be employed by their former agency. I wonder how many of them are sources now. Would you, would you of wonder? Of course. Moles. Facebook has 17 CIA, 37 FBI, 23 NSA, and 38 DHS officials working at at Facebook. And, and that's just probably all that's on the books. That's all who puts it in their LinkedIn profile. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, no this is it. This whole thread goes into the details. I'll leave it there for you guys in the sh- in the show notes for you to look at. But the the basically it's very simple. The intelligence community has used social media as their own you know hellish deep state playground to censor and abuse the rights of Americans all over the place for years. What started out as what would be well not on Facebook's case, but what started out as a noble way to connect the world turned into a way to control what people consume in terms of information and how they make their decisions and what they can and can't say and everything else about your life that you never thought that anybody knew, like how many keystrokes you make a day and where you walk and how many times you go to the bathroom and what you eat and where you stop in the supermarket and who you email and gosh knows what else. Uh, Yeah, and Google too from the beginning. Yeah. Facebook and Google, the, the Facebook founding stories nonsense and google same thing so yeah twitter is one of those things where they had to be co-opted you have a lot of things that had to be co-opted and then you just have the other overlying the over overlying and underlying um fact of the matter is that it's a cultural thing you know you when you have so much invested in media and in education then the people that go out into the world, the children that go out into the world that become the new uh, purveyors of social, new social media ideas and or the ones that start running sites like Tumblr and, else, and elsewhere, <laughs> they're, they're all Tumblr. part of the same. Yeah, they're all part of the same culture. 
So yeah, the, the, the big ones, obviously you have to get the big time operators in there. They have to get the big time operators in there, but it's also just a culture of compliance because this is the way people have been groomed in school from a very, very early age to see the world and to want to do anything to preserve a false worldview, an anti-American, anti-liberty worldview. Terrible. Terrible. It's terrible. So quick update. Um, do you remember like a month ago, maybe we did a story about or we talked about a story where the the young kid didn't get the virtual reality headset and like shot his mom in the face. And it was like yeah. he was talking to people and stuff. Yeah. He's being tried, tried as an adult, right? He's 10. He's being tried as an adult. They wanted $50,000 bail for him or something. And his lawyer was forced to basically argue. He When I asked him if he had any money to come up with to post his bond, he said he had a few dollars in a piggy bank and some money stuffed under his mattress or something. Like something that a little child would say when asked if they had $50,000 to get themselves out of jail. Oh, and well, they, I guess you're not getting out. They were asking for it to be reduced to $50. And the judge said no. because Why? Just so he can learn a lesson? <laughs> so he can learn a lesson. Can we lower this down to $50 so he can... A little life lesson about things you have to... <laughs> they went know? into more detail about him. He, the kid is either being haunted by like evil spirits who are surrounding him everywhere he goes. Or he's got a very serious mental issue that needs to be addressed. I don't know how you you I don't know how you psychologically screen a 10 year old in an adult way for a murder trial. How do you. I don't know. Fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. Like, yeah, like we, he's in New York. And then if he wants to come back for sports tickets, he can. So it's good. We have a uh, we, we it's an understand. We have he has about seven dollars, 50 cents in his in his piggy bank. I can loan him about 250. Do you think we can let him out for 10? It'll be a good way of, you know, showing him how the world works. You give a little, you get a little, you know, kid who shot his mother to get VR headset and then played it, just played with it. I mean, he bought it and then he he spent like however long he spent, um, you know, in the house before he told his sister that he had shot his mom in the face then lied about it, made up three different stories about what happened. Um, anyway, we'll move on from there. I wanted to, being being back there for the weekend the way I was, I learned something, Frank. Um, shipwrecked Crew, who was a, for, I, I, he was a guy who wrote for us. He was, William Shipley was his name. He stayed anonymous until this aspect of things for him. Um He's just he's taken on the January 6th defendants that can't find representation and actually stuck with them. And I connected with him again because I got back on Twitter. He's raising money. He's supporting 26 clients. I mean, the man has them all listed on the Give, Send, Go. Um, and this is so these January 6th, you know, vic victims can have legal representation that's at least qualified. And he explains in here what was happening. Like basically what would happen was the, is it in here that he said it? I read it somewhere. I think it was a tweet he made. Attorneys are taking these cases on and raising money for them. Like the people are raising money for them or they're starting funds and they're raising money. 
And then mm-hmm. what they basically are doing is spending all of their time and, and billable hours convincing their clients to plead guilty because there's no way that they'll have it. You know, you know, so they're, they're eating up the money to write mm-hmm. like one or two motions that they steal from another case and then make these people plead guilty anyway. It all includes jail time. Mo- it, doesn't matter. it doesn't matter. It's a guilty plea. It's a guilty plea. It's a guilty plea. Um, so you're you're pretty much pretty much putting the black mark on your on your your life. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's taking. I mean, he has. Wow. I mean, he's got a bunch of cases here. I read a bunch of this this morning. I want to read through the cases, but he got an acquittal for somebody. Um. He's the only one who's getting anything done. Anyway, I'm not the type of person to tell you to donate anywhere. So I'm just going to put this in the show notes. And if you guys want to explore it for yourself, then you're free to do so. I'm going to look into these cases that he's got because I'm interested to see what the cases are about and how he's been handling them. And if I find any that are superior, like superior or very interesting, I will then showcase and highlight them for you. Um... This is something because I happen to know him. We disagreed on some things. For example, he came from government. So he was a little bit more of the pro. Well, there's good guys in there. You know, they wouldn't do this, blah, blah, blah mindset, which I completely disagreed with. But he's a good person and he really cares about what he's doing. So we had disagreement, but that doesn't mean that he's not a good person or he's not doing the right thing. So whatevs, I'm happy for him. I published his work. We'll put it that way. That should say something. So if you want to donate to them, that'd be great. I think I still follow Shipwreck Crew. You probably do. Yeah. You probably do. Uh, hey, what, what was the result of Elon Musk's... Um, He's gone. Poll. He lost. What? He lost. What? He lost. What did you think was going to happen? You know how many bots flooded that damn poll? Now, that makes me think I'm not going to be around for very long. Tell, t- tell, every, <laughs> tell everybody what the, what the, the thing was. Mm-hmm. Elon Musk did a poll. Should I step down as CEO of Twitter? I will abide by the results of this poll. What a dummy. He, okay. He's had a really Seven. rough weekend. 17.5 million votes. I don't believe this at all. It doesn't m- mesh with anything that we've seen. Should I step down as head of Twitter? I will abide by the results of this poll. Yes or no? 17 million votes. 17 million. How many did Trump have? How many did Trump's poll have? I think that was a 15 million vote. So he beat Trump by 2 million votes. I, th- I think I, it was 15. It was over 15, but it did not come close to 18. This is just like watching our election results roll in. <laughs> All of a sudden at the end, you get 2 million votes to get rid of you. Um... I don't know what's going to happen, whatever. I don't know. So I'm just going to milk it as long as I can. That's all I'm saying. He's, he's going to own the company still. He's still the chairman of the board. He's just not going to be running the day-to-day operations. I wonder. I wonder. I, I, I would probably, okay, so if I were him and I would leave this, you know, you've made a $44 billion purchase and you went this route. I would not go this route if a there wasn't a plan for analyzing the kinds of entities that are coming in to vote. So maybe he was bot, maybe he bots was. swarming all that stuff. But also, 
if you're a guy like Elon Musk, love him or hate him, and I have a lot of suspicion, I'm from neutral to highly suspicious to no way with this guy. Um, if you're a guy like this and you do something like that, I would have to say that uh, he his attention is needed elsewhere, and he already knows who he wants in. Yeah. And he already knows exactly where it's all going. And then he says here, as the saying, the, the next tweet after, should I step down as head of Twitter? I will be able to, to get the result. You know, I'll abide by the results. Great. Great. As the saying goes, he says right afterwards, be careful what you wish for, as you might get it. <laughs> so he knows exactly who's going to replace him. Yeah. He, and right, then who just has to he probably has to just go on to something else. He's going to put Donald Trump in there. Watch. <laughs> he, he, he can't do this. He I can't. I mean, the Neuralink thing, SpaceX, Tesla. Well, but he can't play on Twitter every day. It is only logical he has to put somebody else in this role. So he knows exactly who it is, in my estimation. I, would, I could be totally wrong. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. I mean, he like he said to what's his name that was asking to take it over. He's like, OK, the deal is, though, you have to dump your entire life savings into it and you have to see that it's on a track, like a, a, a on a cliff to bankruptcy. <laughs> like the poor guy, like whatever. I mean, let him do his thing. Whatever he wants to do is fine. As long as he doesn't appoint someone like Yoel Roth to run it. I'm, I'm OK. Jesus. Yeah. Let's move on to some crazy stuff that happened in our neck of the woods over the weekend and how <laughs> impressed I am with people, honestly. Not that my, not that, that matters what I think of people, but Trump, I will not endorse Harmeet or Rona McDaniel. I like them both. Okay. Trump, I back McCarthy for speaker. Stand down. I think he deserves the shot. McCarthy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, everybody out there, and I know you're out there, and it's just fair is fair. All of you that were saying DeSantis's deep state for working with McCarthy, what do you say now? I'll wait. Yeah. This is why I, it's so much easier for me to just sit back and not have anything to think. I, I don't know. I have no hope. I have no hope for anything on that level. On that level, I have no hope for any of it. I think it's it's really just like, you know, you know, um, when the Titanic was sinking and you catch a little. OK, think of James Cameron's Titanic and little shots of the titanic going down you see the bow is below the water line and all that and you know that the ship is doomed obviously but you still see out of the hull the little you know underneath the portholes and stuff there's water being pumped out by the pumps <laughs> like the pumps are still working they're like listen as long as we got power we're going to try to get all this they're still playing water out. the guitar the i mean the violin the, the orchestra still playing somewhere yeah. in the back so that, that's knowing that I can look at these, you know, all these endorsements and RNC this, DNC that, and whatever, whatever. I mean, I. It's just what the hell do you think you're gonna get out of it? There was a very large and vocal contingency that were swearing that Trump would be the speaker. I hope that this puts that to bed now. That's what a lot of people thought was going to be the big announcement. I know. I, I, I said that that'd be interesting. That would be interesting right there. Trump as a speaker. 
they should ask Ron Paul to be if they were if they were real. They should ask Ron Paul to be the speaker. Yes. Can you imagine that poor man who was so he was so far before his time. God bless him. God, the pleasure I had to work for for that for the, not paid, but to work for him or or with him. Um, it was, he was he no he was born too late. Yes, that, that's yes. it. He he was born too late. <laughs> You're right. You're right. And he really, you know, we we we. I I have a. I mean, obviously, I've been doing this for a very long time, and I I have tons of stories from those days that are just so. They would have been really good as forecasters, like for the the majority, if we could have just gotten enough people to listen to us. But that was the problem; we didn't have enough people listening to us. And back- the Ron Paul, no, the Ron Paul Revolution that that planted some really great seeds. It, it planted some great seeds. I mean, I'm I'm a uh, I'm a part. I'm a result, at least in part, of all that. I have uh, several other younger, thirty-something-year-old libertarian friends who are all products of the Ron Paul revolution. It was beautiful. The, the, the exact opposite being the Bernie bros. Yes. You want to, you want to talk about enlightened to complete dull, dull, blunt objects. Oh boy. It's a uh, night and day. So it was, uh, it was fantastic um, to work on that. And yes, as Gigi is saying in the comments, Romney stole the convention or the primary from Ron Paul, a hundred percent. A hundred. I was there, and as a matter of fact, I was a delegate for Ron Paul from New York to the convention. By the way, which I didn't go to um, because it's a long story. But I was there in Florida when it happened. There were delegations that left the RNC convention because of how they cheated. They blatantly cheated. Ron Paul ran the delegate strategy that Ted Cruz hoped to run in 20, 2016. He had the delegates. They changed the rules on the floor to stop him. Just like they, the rule, this is the ironic thing that nobody realizes. The rules changed by the RNC on the floor at convention in 20, what was it? 2012? It was 2011, 2012. Whatever the year was, I think it was 2012. The rules change on the floor was what enabled Trump to be able to escape the delegate issue Ted Cruz was trying to advance in 2016. So because they screwed Ron Paul in, in year, you know, four years earlier, they couldn't screw Trump out of the nomination in 2016. So they really ended up shooting themselves in the foot. And it was that's all because happens. of Ron Paul. That's, oh, that's what always happens when you are a, uh, a group of people who don't have any, uh, any real ideas that attract um, human beings that, you know, that need to uh, uh, otherwise be persuaded into action. They don't know how to persuade anybody because they have no appeal. They have no charisma. They have no ideas. So instead, they try to just artificially tinker with things to make sure that only they like they gerrymander their own nominations. So only they are able to secure a a certain number of uh, manufacture consent, (laughs) as the Marxists as the Marxists like to say, they like to manufacture consent because and then and then what happens? I mean, it's the same mentality. We got to ban the filibuster. We got to ban this and that because they have a very short-term goal and they think that it's going to work out for them. But it never does. It never does because people don't actually want what most people are selling on both sides of this uh, this two-party duopoly thing. It's, it's ridiculous. No, I agree with you. They they changed the rules in my state. 
that's one of the things that finally, like, they, they, they condemned me in a resolution for saying that I disagreed with these rule changes, that I never said that, by the way. Well, I never said that. Never did I say it. They said I said it, and then they wrote up a resolution condemning me. So stupid and childish and idiotic. But they changed the rules here so that they could then decide if they didn't like a county party. Very smaller scale, but that's how it's supposed to work. So, like, let's say the chair of the SCGOP or any state says, I don't like, um, you know, Ori County's leadership. I want, I want to get rid of them. If they can get the committee at the state level to vote three quarters, then they could just remove the leadership of any GOP in the whole state that they don't like and replace it with people, which destroys the process. Nobody's held them accountable for this rules change because they have the entire committee save six counties on their payroll, for lack of a better word. So they're all going to vote with whatever Drew McKissick, the chair, wants because that's how this works. So you really need to change this. You really need to get involved and then stick with it. If you can't take petty drama, don't like... If you can't take petty drama on the local level, we're doomed. How are we going to save our country on the macro level if you can't stand a little heat in the kitchen in your community? And you're like, I'm not doing this. I'm going home. Okay. And then, and then more people get tired of it because they act like children. The other side acts like children, Frank. Like spoiled little children that are like yelling insults at you and trying rules changes and, and screaming and disrupting meetings. And it's like, it's like, aren't you it, like Sebastian Maniscalco? Aren't you embarrassed? Like, yeah. Yeah. Who does this? Like I, I, I literally the last meeting I went to, I screamed out, look at yourself. Don't you, aren't you, aren't you embarrassed? embarrassed? I said that. I'm like, you're grown adults. My children act better than you do. Shame, like, shame is same. Uh, you know, it's one of those things. People need shame. Shame is a very important part of being a decent human being. If you have no contact, everybody like, don't be ashamed of who you are. Yes, you should be ashamed of who you are. <laughs> <laughs> to, to a degree you should be ashamed of your nature because because it, it's like it, there's nothing to balance you there's nothing to balance there we are a shameless society not to say that we should walk around slunched shoulders and uh n- you know you know not confident or anything like that but we are completely devoid of shame the biggest problem that i had that I, I left because I am much more effective doing this than I was doing what I was doing. And the reason for that is that I had very little backup because everybody, for the most part, a good majority of the people that came in all excited to take over the party and do this, couldn't take the heat when it came down to it. They didn't want to deal with it. They didn't want to be bothered. They wanted to be home on their couch watching television or they had a different thing that they wanted to put their energy into. Whatever the case may be, we were abandoned. And then there were only, you know, like instead of 100 or 200 people, there were maybe like 30 or 40. And then like the the people that are taking the slings and the arrows are standing up there trying to, why am I... I mean, why am I putting myself and my family through this? You have no idea, Frank, what I went through. No idea. Why am I putting myself and my family through this when everybody can easily just go home and never think about it again and I'm still here with the burden? Yeah. Why? 
Why? No reason. So let's just see if there's been an Elon Musk tweet before we leave. Is he really, really, really going to leave Twitter? Those who want power are those who least deserve it. True. Oh, 12 hours ago was the last tweet. There's been no tweet from the chief twit. Uh-oh, he's gone. It's over. He's walked out over. with his sink. He sold it. He sold the whole company. It's done. <laughs> anyway, um, what else did I have? I had... I had... Oh, I had Taylor Lorenz, which... I don't even know if you want to subject yourself to her no. whiny nonsense. No. All I care about and all I know is that somewhere out there, Taylor Lorenz is crying and I'm happy She's with back. that. And that's, She's back. It doesn't matter. She's still crying. It's fine. She's she lives she lives in constant torment of a Just, of a uh, a sick world that's always attacking her. Terrible person. She's she has to yes. No, she has a lot. She's a lot on her plate, so let's just leave that. You know, she's very sick, she says. She spends most of her days in bed in the dark. You know, she doesn't have a lot of time to run around. Physically ill? That's what she said. She spends most of her days physically ill. And you want to know what I want to point out, if nothing else, is that Mrs. I'm obsessed with masking, Nazi-like control over everybody else's life, is at some party dressed up and has no mask on mrs i can't even go on a plane or i can't walk to the store outside without a mask on is not wearing a mask here here want to listen to a little bit um i guess yeah and so i just was like okay the only thing i'm gonna tweet the only thing i'm gonna tweet is asking you on for comment which i did (laughs) and oh my god that's when he banned me. Oh. Because I asked him for comment as a journalist. Is that crazy? Oh God. As a journalist. I Why do they talk this way? What is wrong with you people? Who talks like that? These people all talk the same. Who talks like that? I cannot get over it. I can't. You know, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know, whatever. Who talks that way, Frank? With that inflection and the, oh my God. Who does that? Why? It's just, just a, it's just a product, just a product of a, uh, of a certain kind of cult. I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm clawing my face off. Like seriously, I'm clawing my face off. I'm a journalist, so I ask for com- comment. Yeah, comment is go to hell. Comment is go to comment is you're not a journalist. You're just sitting around watching everybody else talking on Twitter, and you, uh, you blog about it. That's just that's really all it is. What do you need a comment for? Everything everybody thinks about everything is public right now. It's like it's, it's like she's she's on the beach or something like that, waiting for somebody to come out of a out of a uh, you, you know, James O'Keefe. If she oh, was doing work like shoot. James O'Keefe, you just waiting run. outside of, of buildings when somebody comes out and puts a microphone in their face or whatever. But this whole comment comment in the Twitter set, it's just we're Please. a little bit over, but I, I want. Do you? Can we play this this Project Veritas video of Kyle Serafin real quick? Sure. Am I afraid? I'm just going to fast forward to where he speaks because I want you to hear what he has to say. Then we're not alone. Then we can expose them. They will not intimidate us. They will not make us afraid. I want to introduce you to the most bravest person I've ever met. Someone who came to us from within the FBI to expose malfeasance and wrongdoing. Everyone, get on your feet and say hello to Kyle from the FBI. 
I first swore to protect and defend our founding document in 2008. I was 26 years old. I've done that at least three more times. And that oath has become something integral to my being. The oath has compelled me to expose wrong, which spelled the end to a job that many people dream of, that of an FBI special agent. I disclosed abuse of counterterrorism resources to investigate parents who spoke out at school board meetings. I exposed the FBI using our most patriotic symbols to identify militia violent extremists, which Project Veritas published in August. I've exposed the FBI's election crimes cheat sheet prior to this year's midterm elections, and even sexual misconduct at the highest ranks of the FBI's management. And because of this, because of this, my family has struggled. I was suspended without pay in June, and some people will see that as a waste. They'll see a career that was lost, thrown away. And some of you may ask, what's the point? Because nothing ever changes. But you can't believe that. You mustn't. This event is being put on by Turning Point USA. And we haven't crossed that tipping point where we can no longer reclaim our country. The turning point, that's the change, where we turn towards the future that we want to live in, that all of you want to live in, and that my wife and I want to see our children grow up in. But that only happens. It only happens when we protect our most precious God-given rights to assemble, like we are right here. And to speak as you hear me without any fear of government censorship, and to a press corps that's dedicated to exposing wrong, without the fear of government agents kicking in their doors. A friend of mine always says, you've got two choices. You can prepare or you can repair. And if you want our country to turn back towards God and family and our Constitution, then prepare yourselves to stand up when your moment comes. And it will. Prepare yourself so that the American Constitution and your personal decision to defend it is part of your being too. Action will always beat reaction, every time. And none of you know when it's gonna be your time to stand up, so you have to prepare. Like it's a speech, or like it's a sport, or a fight. Prepare yourself so when your moment comes, you're not found flat-footed and wishing that you'd done something else, you had another chance. Prepare right now. Prepare yourselves so that when you're called into action, you can be brave and you can do the right something. Thank you so much. All right. I know, it choked me up too. <laughs> it's the worst time to choke on your spit. <laughs> I was just about to say, <coughs> good job. It was incredible. So that's yeah. it. We'll end there. Something to end on. Um, you have been listening to the Dark Delight podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. You can find Frank's show nightly at quitefrankly.tv. Starts at 7 p.m. You can find us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern time on all podcasting platforms like Apple, what? You're just playing the drums? <laughs> Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. And you can find us live every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8.30 a.m. Eastern on Rumble and Getter. Until Wednesday, Frank. Later. <laughs>